Hey, welcome to a new episode of Last Call Baseball, number 127. I'm your host, Dorian. And I think like four or five years ago, there was a tropical storm, Dorian, going through Miami. Thankfully, it didn't cause any destruction. However, there was a tropical storm or a hurricane, Hurricane Hillary, tropical storm Hillary. I actually don't know what it actually became that was coming up through Southern, Southern California. It made me think, how many Hillary's do we know? Hillary Duff, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Swank, Hilaria Baldwin, which I think is a terrible name, Hilaria. She's the wife of Alec Baldwin. And Hilaria pretends that she's from España, from Spain, but she's actually from Boston. <laughs> Anyways, whatever Hillary actually touched down in Southern California, there were pictures floating around that Dodger Stadium where the LA Dodgers play was flooded and it turns out that that picture was an optical illusion which was created by light reflecting off of wet asphalt because Dodger Stadium actually sits on a hill like the city upon a hill I think that was some kind of like Jesus Christ thing so maybe the Dodgers maybe the city of LA has Jesus on their side Los Angeles in Spanish means the angels, whether the Dodgers are surfing with Jesus, whether they're surfing with Hilaria Baldwin, whether they're acting with Hillary Swank, I don't know. But I do know that the Dodgers are surfing towards another National League West Division title. Here we are in August, the end of August. They're in their usual spot atop the division, 12 games ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks, 18 games ahead of the fourth place San Diego Padres. I'm telling you. What a letdown by the Padres and the Diamondbacks. I was so excited that the Diamondbacks were leading the National League West Division for about good a good two or three months. Then not, then they kind of faded away and the Dodgers do their ridiculous Dodger things. The Dodgers now are three and a half games behind the Atlanta Braves, so the best record in all of Major League Baseball. And the crazier thing is, count me as one of these, I thought Ronald Acuna Jr., the right fielder for the Atlanta Braves, had a lock on the most valuable player in the National League. Then I started reading some articles on how good former Atlanta Brave first baseman Freddie Freeman, current LA Dodgers first baseman, what a fantastic season he's having. These are ex-teammates. Ronald Cody Jr. has had 170 hits this year. Freeman, 173. Acuna Jr. has had 30 doubles. Freeman, of course, he's the king of doubles. He's hit 48 Acuna Jr. has hit 28 home runs. Freeman, 23. Acuna Jr. has a 334 batting average. Freeman does it even better. 341. And really the only thing that separates them is the stolen base because Acuna, Acuna Jr. has 58 stolen bases so far. Freeman only has 17. But I was really surprised at how close the National League Most Valuable Player vote will probably be in a, in a month or so because Acuna Jr. isn't heads and shoulder better than everybody on in all of the National League, which I thought, and I think a lot of people thought that as well. Hats off to Freddie Freeman, former Atlanta Brave. I wish he was still an Atlanta Brave, but the crazy thing is that this year, three of the top four probable finishers in the National League most valuable player will be either Atlanta Braves or former Atlanta Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr., in no particular order, Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson from the Atlanta Braves, Freddie Freeman, former Atlanta Brave, and Mookie Betts, right fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
And we talked about Hurricane Hillary, Tropical Storm Hillary, all this crazy weather. And there's a lot of crazy weather, usually in the winter, coming out of a very beautiful city in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And our next guest can tell us all about that. This week, our special guest is Juice Sutton, a comedian and the in-game host of the Minnesota Twins. Juice, welcome to Last Call Baseball. Man, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I really enjoy talking to comedians and entertainers because that's your job. It's not, I don't think it's just your job. It's your passion. Who makes you laugh? Who makes you sit down and be and is like, I want to see him or her do their do their work? So it's I, I guess I'll, I can break it down into two different answers locally and nationally. So nationally, I'm a big fan of Cat Williams. Um, I actually really enjoy Kevin Hart's last stand up as well. Um, Gary Was that the Owen. one in London? I no, saw, no, I saw the one did, in London like did, two weeks ago. Yeah, he did. He did one in Vegas. It's on Peacock. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did one in Vegas. It was pretty funny. Um, Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr. Uh, so it's it, like for me, I'm a big fan of comedy in general. So like, you know, I'm I'm a very joyful person. It's easy. It's easier to make me laugh than most people. Um, locally, I got a lot of like friends who are in, also in the comedy world, like Ashley Henderson, uh, Bruce Leroy, uh, Pierre Douglas, Elliot Berlin, um, and the, the list goes on. Kwame Anderson. There's a couple. There's a lot of comedians in Minnesota that are really good that are slept on as well too. So, yeah, I, I just love the I love the art form, I, and I'll, I'll go to any comedy show like if if I if I can. If I had the time, I, I'd go to any comedy show and just like, I just love to laugh. Yeah. I love Bill Burr. I, I listen to his podcast every week. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, I can't believe that he pumps out two. he comes out with two podcasts a week, which is, I think is insane. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And then on top of, you know, all the other stuff that he got going on. And so it was, it was cool. He came to a twins. It's just random. He was at the twins game um, a couple of weeks back and it was cool. I got to, uh, got to introduce myself. It was, it was dope. That is super brilliant. Speaking of the Twins and Target Field, as I said at the top of this of the conversation, you're the in-game host of the Twins, and I think people would rather go see you than like the TC Bear, the mascot. <laughs> no offense to Mr. TC Bear. How in the yeah. world did you get such a cool job to be the in-game host for the Minnesota Man, Twins? It was it was honestly a blessing in disguise. It was it was kind of it's so weird, but it's dope. Like you know, even when I tell this story, it's like it's so hard to believe. So I was an intern back in 2016 um so i interned so my internship was actually the assistant for the uh in-game host who came before me um jim cunningham and then rusty is also an in-game host there he does we split it part-time you know 81 games is is a lot and so um my job was to basically shadow him and let him know when he goes on camera and like let him you know to organize everything pre-game um, so it was just, I didn't even know what the job was. Honestly, I just knew it had to do with production and it had to do with sports. And so I had a media communication degree in sports and entertainment, but I knew I wanted to do comedy, but I also needed an internship to graduate college. So I was like, okay, this kind of worked out total last minute application. Like it was a huge, long process and, um, ended up getting the job. And so I was like, you know, they had asked me during the interview, like, what is, you know, what is something that you want to do? And like, I've always wanted to be a sports host. 
since I was like in ninth grade. But I just figured it would be like basketball or NFL because those are the two sports that I played. Like baseball was probably the last. Well, hockey was definitely the last on the list. But baseball was like, okay, I know about baseball, but I don't like I played in fifth grade. Once they start pitching the ball and I couldn't hit, (laughs) I just gave it up. So I just shadowed him a lot, just kind of picked his brain. um, And shout out to Jim Cunningham, man. He he took me under his wing, um, showed me the ropes, you know, and like, you know, taught me taught me the game. And then he uh, he ended up about he was going to retire. Um, and then I started doing comedy full time and he was about to retire. And I guess they had asked him, like, you know, who is a, go- a cool person that you guys want to join the team? And he's like, he's like, Juice, that's not even a question. You know, I've been mentoring him, but he's also like, you know, doing his thing. And so, you know, they've been they were following me a lot with the comedy realm. And so I do clean comedy. So that kind of helped a lot, too. And uh, they saw it and they were like. Oh, so I just got this random email. I'll never forget. I was um, was eating breakfast with my dad at RJ Rich's in Moundsview. That's like that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite spots. It's like a family pop pop mom and pop shop. Got the biggest omelets in the world, I swear. And like I just got this email from um, the production director. and He's like, hey, um, just wanted to pick your brain about your schedule and see how would you like to join the team of in-game hosts? And I was like. Uh, what? I thought it was spam. I was like, this can't be real. I, and I literally just was like, this can't be real. My dad was like, um, what? What are you talking about? I was like, I just got an email asking if I want to be one of the hosts for the twins. And he was like, that's good news. And I was like, but this isn't real. This can't be real. Like, there was no audition process. It was just kind of like, you know, I got referred to by my mentor. And so that first season, I only did like five games, just kind of worked my way through. Jim ended up retiring and then like me and Rusty ended up doing about half and half. And so, yeah, man, it was, it was crazy. And it's just like, I I love, I love making people smile and just kind of enhancing that sports, you know, that sports atmosphere. And so it's just, you know, like coming from a place where I came from, I would never would have thought that I would be in a position like, you know, entertaining thousands and thousands of people like dang near every day in the summertime. And so it's just like I always got a smile on my face. I always like to greet everybody. I always like to, you know, just have fun. So any kind of trans and it translate on camera too. So yeah, that's brilliant. I do want to share a pet peeve that I have as a baseball fan. When I go to baseball stadiums and I see entertainers, is there a way to buy the air guns that are stronger? Because when I was a kid, I'd go to baseball games with family, whatever, but we would always sit up in the nosebleed sections. You know? yeah. And those those guns don't go up to section 512. Yeah. They yeah. only go to section 135 or 10 or <laughs> however the stadium. <laughs> now I'm fortunate enough that I can sit in a lower bowl, but up back then I couldn't do it. And it always drove me crazy that yeah. you could ne- I could never get one of those triple XL shirts that I would never wear. <laughs> but it was just to say I got something free at the just ball. Just to game. say that you got it, yeah. No, nah, man, I so we we uh before COVID, we had had this thing called a cannon and the cannon shot into the upper deck. But after COVID, they kind of put it on pause. So, yeah, no, nah, I, I was the same way because I was always the kid that always, you know, got the ten dollar tickets up near Jesus. You know, <laughs> like me and the Lord were just sitting next to each other watching baseball and like, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's not in their budget or, you know, one day. Because I feel like those are the people, like, you know, no disrespect to the lower bowl people, but, like, in my experience, the people who sit in the upper row are the ones that are doing all the the shout-outs. Like, when you tell super them... Super loyal. Can, yeah, super loyal. And so, yeah, we got we got to figure that out. We got to figure that out. Like, yeah, we got to show a little more love to the upper room. 
you had mentioned you're doing clean comedy and you also do uh you're you're a man of faith as well you're uh, from what i understand you you're a you have a strong christian faith with your family you have a mm-hmm. congratulations i saw that you have a, a young daughter you yeah. and your wife uh welcomed into the world yeah here's a here's a religious but a comedy thing why is there no comedy in the bible it, it's all or who or maybe who is the funniest person in the bible maybe that's an easier question because yeah. there's a lot of action but then yeah. there's no, there's no, there's nothing to alleviate it. And then even if, if you're in the Christian faith, you go to church, you go to wherever, and you know, the, the, the priest, the minister, the, the preacher is up there and it's up to the, up to that man or woman to inject comedy into the, yeah. a little bit of levity into the yeah. seriousness of spirituality. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. You know, like I said, it's all based off perspective. Like I, I find comedy in everything. So like, any story that I read, any like that I like I look and study on, I find comedy in it. And I think that's kind of it has ups and downs because, you know, I feel like I low key have like comedy ADHD where I'm like, this is a serious moment where I'm really diving in. But I'm like, this could be a joke. <laughs> you know, like I'm reading like, you know, I, I had written, written a joke about Jesus and how, you know, he never took anything seriously and how he was kind of like this, you know, he kind of had ghetto tendencies because he you know, was throwing stuff around. He never showed up on time, like different things like that. And so um, you can find, com- I find comedy in, in in everything that I that I read in the world. And that's kind of what my material is based off of, is just everyday life that I just turn into a funny perspective. But I do agree, like there is, like it is up to the person who is speaking and bringing a word to like inject like comedy moments. Because like when my pastor, he he thinks he's funny. Like he thinks he's really funny. So he he likes to put on many comedy shows with his sermons as well. And so, um, yeah, it all it all depends on perspective, really. Like you can find comedy in any in any situation in there. So that's kind of what I do. So. I like that. And speaking of entertainment and comedy, I also saw that you're kind of a big Marvel uh, Marvel universe Marvel comic oh, yeah. fan. I th- I'm not that big, but I do. I have seen the Iron Man movies, and I think Robert yeah. Downey Jr. is absolutely hilarious. Oh yeah, what inter- what entertains you about the whole Marvel universe? Um, so I uh, so fun fact about me is I'm I'm really a comic book nerd. Like I'm a I'm a superhero comic book nerd. DC, Marvel. I've read thousands and thousands of comics growing up because like my when I stay with my grandma in the summer times. She wouldn't let me really go outside like that because, you know, she didn't want me getting in any trouble. So my, you know, my granddad had all these old comic books that he had stored in his closet and she just kept them after he passed. And so I would just read them. Then I go to the library and I read more and more. But, um, yeah, the as somebody who kind of I had a I have a film minor, so I'm like, I don't really judge too harshly on people's projects because I know how hard it is. But at the same time, I'm like. Um, so for me, like this whole last phase was just comedy to me. Like I was like, I'm not taking this whole phase seriously. <laughs> it was just, it takes a lot for me to say something was bad, but I was kind of like uh, not a fan because I'm a big, like Captain America is probably my favorite as far as the MCU goes. Cause I just love his arc. I just love how they told his stories. Like it was really good. And so, you know, I did. I did enjoy Iron Man. Me and my wife actually watched Iron Man one yesterday just because she had that was like the one she had never seen. But yeah, man, I I I'm a big fan of Captain America and the MCU. Like he's probably my favorite out of all of them. 
sticking with the theme of entertainment, walk us through, because you said for comedy, when you're writing, you, you can see comedy in, in potentially any situation, just in your normal mm -hmm. life. But in one of your jobs as an entertainer with the Minnesota Twins, walk us through how you how you prep and how, how you prep for an actual game night or game day. And what ideas are you able to actually execute? And what are some ideas? Maybe the team says, uh, maybe this is not the appropriate place for 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 a skit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the cool things with the Twins is like they give me a lot of creative freedom. And so what people don't really know is all of the stuff that we do, like that I do during games, I learn three and a half hours before first pitch. So we have a meeting three and a half hours before first pitch. And I learn, you know, what game we're playing, uh, like what the pre-show is going to look like, who's raising the flag, who's doing national anthem, basically everything that I need for you the game. like scouting, like the actual players. Though. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> so I, I learned about three hours before the game. So I'm kind of like one thing that I appreciate is like, I, I'm, I, I pride myself on having a strong improv skills and that particular job really enhanced and strengthened my improv skills because I had to think on the fly, like when I'm playing a game with somebody and they do something goofy, you know, when I first started, I was like, Oh, I'm not going to address it. But before, after that, they were like, yo, no, we brought you on cause you're a comedian and you do funny things. So please, please do what you do. <laughs> like, and I was like, Oh, well, in that case, you know, so like, lightly making fun of fans and like they're just they're mo they're more opposed to like aggressive like making fun of people like aggressively but like the light jokes um about players and some sometimes i make jokes about players like when we did the jersey reveal i got to make fun of them a lot and i'm really cool with a lot of those guys so they already knew what was going to happen is this like, a oh. city connect one or just the new jersey that came out the the white home the home white ones with the script um, no, it was the 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 whole reveal back at the Mall of America. Oh, like, okay. Right before the season started. Yeah. So, yeah, they just give me a lot of creative control to just be me. And I kind of just think on the fly with a lot of the things that I do. I just like so kind of my prep that goes into it is really just just keeping an open mind um, and just really listening to what everybody is saying and like really paying attention to a lot of the encounters that are happening so that I can kind of have a quick wit to really, and I drink lots of water. I don't know if that even does anything to it, but I it kind of helps my skin glow on camera. <laughs> I would also suggest get. You know what? I've been drinking water now. the The type of water I've been drinking is alkaline water, which is yes. also is really good for your digestive system and everything else, yeah. rather than just because normally I was I have like a Brita bottle in my fridge, uh, yeah. not a bottle, the filter. But yeah. now I've gone, you know, go to Costco or, or the supermarket and get the alkaline water. So yeah, I'm on team yeah, alkaline for that. I drink a lot. I drink a lot of alkaline water, but you know, I'm not at that level where I can put that in my writer room. Like, yeah, in order for me to host these games, I need alkaline water. I'm I'm not at that level yet. <laughs> but but at least you can put that you need Brita water. Yeah, yeah, Brita yeah. filter. So I, they they point me straight to the dining room where I can get it from the the soda faucet. <laughs> Continuing on comedy, you're saying that you you like to keep it clean. What made you decide to make the to make the conscious decision to say, I love comedy, but I don't need to go, as you, you had mentioned earlier, guys like Bill Burr, Cat Williams, mm -hmm. they are hilarious, but they also use very colorful language. Yeah. And it's not to say that you can't be very funny without using colorful language, but what was that point when you, you decided, I only I want to work clean? 
Yeah. Um, well, like when I first started, I was definitely using colorful language. But when I kind of got more serious about my faith, like when I like in around 2000, like 17, 18, um, when I started doing it full time, I just was like, you know, I could. And it was a challenge for me because I was like, it's, it's very easy to make somebody laugh when you're, you know, using the colorful language. And so I was like, oh, I wanted to challenge myself. At first, it was a challenge. Like, could I do a whole set, make people laugh just as much as, you know, people who are using this language and do it cleanly? And when I did that and it worked, I was like, hmm. And then I started thinking from a business perspective where I'm just like, OK, if I am a clean comic, I have so many other avenues that I can tap in outside of the comedy club. Because, you know, one thing that I've learned, like out of all these years, I, I lived in L.A. for a while and I was doing comedy out there. But, you know, there's not many comedy clubs that people can choose from, you know, it's not many, like they come and go all the time, especially in Minnesota, like comedy clubs come and go all the time. But I was like, if I do clean comedy, colleges stay the same, high schools stay the same, churches stay the same, they're around for a very long time. And I was like, that can be clients that I can have recurring through all my tours. And it's like, you know, there's so many schools, colleges around the country, so many churches around the country that I could literally tour for years and still not even tap into the full market yet. So it was kind of a faith move, but also like a business move, like saying, you know, if I stay true to being clean, because some people, they can use a colorful language, but they flip it on and off depending on the, the values and stuff. But um, I do a lot of churches and, and churches do heavy research. Like they are very there. I went on, I uh, did a tour with a friend of mine and they dug deep into her social media and they was like, yep, we found one video where she was cussing in her standup and we don't want her. And I was like, wow. I mean, but, but okay, what happened to uh, acceptance and loving and we're all the yeah, same though? Yeah, they, and it's like, wow, that, I mean, but I showed, like, I showed you so many other videos where she wasn't and they were like, oh, we're not going to do it. We don't want to take the risk. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I, I learned that. I was like, okay, that's good to know that people do that much research. Most people don't, but there's a lot of sticklers that out there that like have shows with their kids and they're like, we don't want to hear any of that. And it's like, well, it's not what I do, so. It almost sounds you got you almost it almost sounds like you have to have like a different persona. You can be juice, but then you can also create another persona. I don't know. Uh, exactly. The squeeze. And yeah, he yeah. can be a little bit more colorful, but it's like <laughs> the squeeze looks so much like you. But there's three there's three hundred fifty million Americans here. I, I, I can't help yeah. if somebody else looks like me. No, for real. The squeeze will definitely be like streaming and gaming because that's that's when the colorful comes <laughs> out when I'm on the game. Well. Picking up on that, what is I saw that you not by the way, I want to tell everyone that not not only are you you're the in-game host, if and when people go who listen to this go to see a target field to see the Minnesota Twins, you're also the in-game host of the Minnesota Wild, which is a National Hockey League team in in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And you you're also into esports. What yeah. what's the what's the attraction to esports? I'm not a gamer. And so it's like hard for me to like watch yeah. other people play. I, I, I'll watch you or someone else play basketball, baseball, but then to watch yeah. you or someone else play on a TV. I'm like, that's kind of weird for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. Honestly. <laughs> so that's, yeah, my wife is the same way. She's like, I don't understand, but it's, it's a multi-billion dollar business. And so like, you know, there's different, there's different levels of it. Like, like for me, I, there's a couple of people that I watch play games only because they're hilarious when they play games. And so like people have said that I've streamed a couple of times and people have said that before. And they're like, oh, you should get into it because I think you would have a funny personality. And like, 
So I think a lot of people watch for the personality. Some people watch to pick up on tricks and different things like that. Like with with Call of Duty, like the tournaments, I I I don't understand it, but I like it because you know I'm hosting them now. So I'm like, oh yeah, those are those are fun. Those are fun. And so, but like just the energy, man, the energy in the room with those are like they treat those like it's a really a sports. They just watch these people play like Call of Duty or Madden or MLB the show or Dungeons and Dragons. And they're just like, yeah, they like cheer like it's a sport. And you know, they don't understand baseball, basketball, football, but these video games are like they're 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 sports. But when you're hosting an esport tournament, how is that different than hosting a hockey, uh, being the in-game host for the the Twins or the Wild? Because in those sports, you're doing it in between the periods in hockey or mm-hmm. in between the innings in baseball. But yeah. are you more like a play-by-play guy, color commentator, or do they also take breaks and then you come out and like? Yeah. But what so what's, like, what's the in-game host like at for an esport tournament? Yeah, so I you're like a you're like an announcer and you're a host. So like in the beginning they have, you know, intro videos because there's home teams, just like there's home teams and away teams. So you'll, you'll literally call it like it's a basketball, hockey, baseball game, introducing the players, hyping up the home team, hyping the crowd up. And then once the game starts, um, they have people usually that come from the UK that do play by play on it. And then, so you're watching them playing this team deathmatch thing and like there's different camera angles that's in the server that they, you know, rotate around just like regular TV, like if you're watching it on TV and then they have breaks. So like they're they're called they're called map breaks. So in between switching maps, Matt, Matt, like like the bathroom mat. No, map like oh, M-A-P. M-A-P. OK, yeah, 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 yeah. Map breaks. And so like you'll go from one map to the next. But in between that, they give them a little break. And so it's like the commercial break period. And during that period, we play games like literally everything is very similar to like a Twins or a Wild game, um, except for there's a lot of aggressive kids <laughs> that love these games. And so, you know, they get super hyped, like they're literally doing chants just like you're at a sports game. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's very, very similar other than everything's virtual, like nothing is <laughs> the players that you're looking at are on a screen and you're cheering for the players on the video game. I do know that a lot of these, the really good players are usually like really young. I'm talking about probably like high school or even younger than that. If any of them get too rowdy, do you guys have to like take away like their sugar, their Sour Patch Kids or their (laughs) Mountain Dew or I don't know what kids drink anymore, but do do you got to do that to suspend them? Because I've seen kids throwing and breaking things when they, things don't go right in the video game. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing is like, that's, that's all like, there's no penalties for that type of stuff. So like all these guys stream outside of like, they, they practice together. Like there's literally facilities like Minnesota has a team and their facility is in the same area as the Viking practice facility. So they rent out a suite out there. And so it's decked out. It looks like, like the dream man cave, like tons of TVs, you know, games lined up. And there are high school students like there's kids who don't go to high school like they home they homeschool and then they just do these gaming things forever. But, yeah, they stream on their own like they have their own platforms. And, yeah, there's no like restrictions for them swearing or breaking controllers. They just get to the new one. <laughs> That's crazy. Kids don't go to high school. It almost it, that reminds me of in baseball when they sign these Latin kids at like 14, mm-hmm. 15 years 14, old. 15. They go to the Dominican Republic and. 
that might give them like a hundred thousand dollar bonus, a million dollar bonus. That's life changing money, but you can burn through it pretty quickly. Yeah, that that's insane. And then they don't get um, an education. But yeah, no, it's it's it is. I'm always been curious on how that works. It's like, do you, do you let them do they get an education while on the road or like, you know, are, obviously they're being taught English. You know what I'm saying? Like they. They have translators and. Oh, like, you're talking teachers. about the baseball players. You're not talking about baseball the these, these yeah, streamers yeah, from yeah. The, the suburbs of Minneapolis or <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Decatur, Illinois. Most, most of the streamers that are on these pro teams come from overseas. Like a lot of these guys are from from the UK or like you know there's there's a decent amount from from the United States, but like they take so how they does is every year there's a draft, so people play like for instance Call of Duty. They have like a they have rank matches in the Call of Duty game that you can be in the league. And then from there, teams draft based off the top rankings. So every year, you know, like if you could be on a team one year, get a nice little salary and then next year you lose your rank and now you're not on a team. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's very unique. a lot of pressure. It is. It is a lot of pressure. And it's like, you know, some people, some players extend like get extended contracts based on how they play during the season. But like these guys are, there's people on Call of Duty that are trying to rank up and just get drafted every year. You know, now that now that you explain that, that might also explain some of the bad attitude of these young foreign kids because they oh, yeah. might come from Britain and they want their monster British drink that's not here, yeah. or they want that Taiwanese Frito Lay's and we don't have it here. Yeah, get a little too anxious. Yeah. I don't know, maybe that can make sense. That's what well, the raging come from. But video games is we imagine ourselves, as you said, doing Call of Duty, playing Madden. I love asking my guests a little fantasy and imagining as well. If you were to not, if we were to take you away from being an entertainer, comedian, in-game host, and make you the Major League Baseball commissioner, what's one or two things you would do with your power as the brand new commissioner of baseball? I know for sure my first rule would be every team gets at least one fight per game that like <laughs> hockey like hockey yes like i mean do they have fighting? to fight is it like fight club like if no, it's your first night to. you have to fight yeah you don't have to but you okay. won't get penalized for it because there's so many moments where it's like they want to but this is like ah, i don't want to pay the fine and you know realistically the fans love that stuff like when you when you see the clips you know the twins were a very modest team. Like we'll get hit by baseball and we'll just walk it off. If I was the, if I was the commissioner, I'd be like, Hey, you know, you don't have to walk that off. You can get, you get one and they get you, you can, we can all out brawl, all out brawl. And so that's, that's the rule. Cause I was like, man, it's always cause hockey, you know, when I first started hosting at hockey, I didn't know that that was a thing. Like I just, I didn't know. I was like, yo, they're about to fight and nobody's doing anything. And they're like, no, that's part of the game. I'm like, I rock with that. And then in baseball, you see like there's been a couple of moments like the uh, the Tim Anderson knockout, yeah. like yeah. stuff Jose like that. Jose Ramirez like, knocked him out with a right hook. or <laughs> Yeah, and it's like stuff like that. It was like, oh, like that was one of the most viewed videos from baseball this summer. Like that was one of the greatest moments. And I'm like, you know, think of it from a ratings perspective. I think your ratings would go through the roof if fans think what know, like, oh. think what Jesus would say as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, just turn the other cheek. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, man. It's I'm like the ratings would go through the roof, and you'll probably get more ticket sales when people be like, oh, 
if I know there's going to be at least one fight, I feel like that's why hockey's so successful because people are like, oh, there's going to there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a fight. There has to be at least one. And so with baseball, I'm like, oh, there's going to be a fight. So everybody's going to buy tickets just to see that. So that's what I would do. You know, boost the economy. Think, you know, I think you would double dip as well with your salary as a commissioner and also the like fight ring host. He's like, oh, you don't want to fight. You know what he just said about your mama? Yeah. And then just entice them to do it. Just straight instigate. Like you're going to let him hit you with a baseball like that. And I know he called you. He called you soft too. I I saw him mouth it. You just you got to go out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big instigator. I'm 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 one of those people that I instigate and then just walk away and watch my results just come into fold. That's good. It also provide you a lot of material for when you retire yeah. as commissioner. I'll, I oh, I, yeah. I like that. It is it is uncon. That is the most unconventional answer I've heard for this question. But I'm, <laughs> I'm about it. I'm about it. I, I, I yeah. get it. I just know what it can do. I just know what it can do for the people. That's true. People like sports. People, as you yeah. said, people like fights, but also people mm -hmm. love food. And I love traveling when I can. Potentially, mm -hmm. you go see baseball games or, or people have to travel for work or to visit grandma and your uncle and cousin for the holidays that are going to come up in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. What's a couple of places around Minneapolis uh, what, that you like to go to that for a coffee, a drink, food? because we love highlighting local places and we love eating well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say one of my favorites is it's called soul bowl. It's kind of downtown Minneapolis, right? Literally across the street from target field in the grays. It's like grays loop area. So there's a bunch of restaurants in there, but soul bowl is a, it's a soul food restaurant um, with vegan options as well. So, you know, every once in a while I'll tap into the vegan options, but um uh, yeah, so that's one of my favorites. Um, got to know the owners pretty well. Uh, very cool people. So they actually have a stand in Target Field now, too, um, where they sell just kind of like sides and stuff like that. But that's one of my favorite restaurants to go to. And then, obviously, RJ Rich's, which is in Moundsview. It's a mom and pop, mom and pop spot. But they have the biggest pancakes and biggest omelets you'll probably ever see. Like, it's so much food and it's like not expensive at all. <laughs> And so it's really good too. So I, I like finding like I like traveling and eating as well. So I like finding like those those kind of underground spots because those are the ones that really put their foot in the food and it's like, yeah, that was that was good. So those are my those are my two like really go to Sobo and RJ Riches. So breakfast twenty third. I love that. And I've actually been to Minneapolis once. I went for a work trip and, mm -hmm. and I don't need to tell you, but just to, to let everybody else know, Minneapolis. I think is the best city in the Midwest outside of Chicago. Besides Chicago, yeah. I think Minneapolis is the best city. The food blew me away. Really? Yeah, you have an amazing art scene in yeah. Minneapolis, like entertainment scene. Mm -hmm. I was there when one of my favorite bands, uh, it's an all girls band, air quotes. It's, it's just two girls from LA. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And then that week that I was there, they were playing in Minneapolis and the show was sold out. I was like, where am I? What is this yeah. place? I yeah. genuinely liked it. <laughs> I was like, Minneapolis, I could move here, dot, 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 but I can't do winters. Yeah, That's the yeah. only I, reason I, I, we're not I doing this interview face-to-face. -face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that one coming. No, it's, it's, it's brutal. I'm I'm like, man, I, I got to find somewhere to go in the wintertime because it, it, does, it does get pretty bad. But I, yeah, it's Minneapolis. And then, so if you thought Minneapolis food was good, and I and I hate to say this, and everybody who knows me and probably follows me that's going to listen to this and be like, "What?" 
St. Paul's food is definitely better than Minneapolis. And I hate to say that because it's kind of like a little rivalry that we have. My wife's from St. Paul, so she's probably going to be happy when she hears this. But I'm a man of honesty, and I have to be honest. The St. Paul, just they they have a way better variety of food, and the food wow. tastes better. Minneapolis That's, food is really good. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but St. Paul. All right. When I, when I go, I'll definitely also hit up uh, St. Paul. Yeah, and it's it's cool because it's right across the river, so it's like not far. yeah the Twin Cities. Yeah, so that's probably why we have a rivalry. But yeah, man, and and it pains me to say this, and I'm probably they're probably going to be commenting on this when they hear this and be like, "No, he's a traitor." I'm sorry, I got to be honest. <laughs> it is it is better. The more the merrier. Juice, I want to thank you for joining us this week on Last Call Baseball. If you can take us away and let people know where they can find you, your work, uh, social media, anything you want to yeah. uh, promote. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at the real juice Sutton. Um, my website is also therealjuicesutton.com if you want to stay up to date. If you're interested in having me come host or do comedy at your event, you can hit me up there. Um, I got to get some videos on there as well. On YouTube at Clown Squad Entertainment, my family, uh, me and my wife and my daughter, we have a YouTube channel together. So we've really been working hard on pushing that as well. So those are the, the three main places you can find me at and uh, stay up to date with all, everything that I got going on. So I want to thank you, Sutton, for joining us this week. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation with him. And as I was preparing this podcast, as I was recording my portion of it, you know I was having a nice adult beverage. The last bit of it I'm holding in my hands is a Hefeweizen from a good American local brewery called Joseph Brau Brewing Company in San Jose, California. Nothing to do with the tropical storms, nothing to do with the hurricanes in Southern California because San Jose is much further north, closer to the Bay Area. Wherever you are, Whatever's going, whether it's 127 degrees in Arizona, whether it's raining cats and dogs where you are, stay safe, people. Thanks for listening to Last Call Baseball. Be great and get home safe.